Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Agency Nation Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Brandt, and I'm here today with Eric Chemi of Team and Total Insurance Solutions based in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Kevin, it's great to be here on your program. So I just want to give everyone a little bit of background on Eric here before we get started. So Eric just started Team and Total Insurance about six months ago, Total Scratch Agency. He has a degree in computer science from MIT. He is the former head of research at Bloomberg TV. He was a data analyst for NASCAR, and he was also most recently a CNBC TV reporter covering stock markets, commodities markets, futures, and the uh, sports business. So Eric, I've got to ask, with all of that background and experience that you have, what brought you to the insurance industry? Like what said to you, I should start an insurance agency? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I can see why when you put it like that, it seems, oh, how does this all come together? I look at it as my career has always been centered around risk, analytics, and communication about risk and analytics, right? So I got an MIT degree, but I did a lot of econ, quant finance, all that sort of quantitative analytical work that got me to Wall Street for several years where I was a Wall Street trader. And what's that all about? Risk and reward, right? How do you analyze where you want to spend your money? What gambles you want to take? Where do you want to hedge? And where do you not want to hedge? Same thing, you know, covering the business world to now communicating about those intangibles, all the sports stuff, the sports analytics, it's the same thing, right? Where are you putting your marbles, right? How much do you want to put these bets on? So for me, insurance was identical to that, right? Like, what are we doing? We're managing risk. We're trying to figure out what's worth gambling on, what's worth transferring, how much is it worth? It's all call options, right? Put options, right? So it's, when I look at it from the market point of view, when I was working in my hedge fund job, you buy insurance, you're buying put options, right? I don't want this risk. I want someone else to take it. So for me, it's all related. So I can see why, you know, on that bio on paper, it, it seems different, but for me, it's related. And I think given where the industry is going, look, technology and analytics, as you know, better than anybody, right? From all the work you've done, that's where the insurance industry is going more and more down that realm, right? Whether it's the auto insurance pay per mile kind of stuff, the telematics, you see how they're doing better things even to analyze flood, the way that homeowners insurance is being done. And then of course, as commercial insurance starts to get more efficient, more automated, more technology driven, you know, more analytics there. So I thought there was an opportunity from just doing my research, from talking to people, from figuring out what do I wanna do next and where's you know, the right industry for that? And insurance really started to, a bulb lit off at the top of my head. So that's, that's how I got here, Kevin. All right. Well, so that makes perfect sense. You know, they say like data is the new oil, right? So, and that's definitely true. It's fueling innovation in the insurance industry. And, and now that you put it in the sense of, you know, it's managing risk and what to keep and what's worth the, the risk and what do you transfer Data is helping basically the industry become more efficient in, in all those things. And, and I could see where that, that sort of correlates back to all that experience. So as you navigate your way through starting this scratch agency, which I think we all recognize probably isn't the easiest thing in the world to do, how have you drawn on some of your past experience to help you through that process? So I'm thinking like, you know, most recently standing in front of a camera at CNBC, 
How does that translate to you as Eric, the insurance agent? You know, it's funny when, when I started this, I was talking to my wife, just wondering like, Hey, no, am I, am I using the skills that I had? Am I doing something with it, taking advantage of it? And then here I find out video, the pivot to video, that was this big push in the insurance industry. I knew all about the technology and the analytics and the quant side of it, but I didn't actually realize that there was such a big push to video. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I can do that. I've been a professional on-air person. I can get in front of a camera and talk about intangibles, financial intangibles, things you can't touch, right? What's the stock market? Pretty similar to insurance, right? Things go up and down, but I can't hold it in my hand, right? And that's turned out to be a big thing. So whether it's as simple as me doing video proposals or just even video messages, whether text, emails, however you want to put it, sharing my screen, walking through a complicated document, but with live video there or recorded video, people are blown away. You know, people are just like, I can't believe you did a video out of this. It's really helped me break this down. I really appreciate it. So that's been on the one-on-one side, whether you're working with a carrier, a client, a vendor, the prospect, that kind of one-on-one video. And then we're doing a lot with social media. So, you know, it started as some videos on LinkedIn or Facebook, and then people said, hey, you should do TikTok. I'm like, TikTok? I'm not going to do that. And then I did anyway, just kind of for a goof, right? And all of a sudden, these TikTok insurance videos really started to take off. And it was like, oh, here's a few thousand views. And then here's a hundred thousand views. And now here's 400,000 views on some of these videos. So, there seemed to be a lot of interest in doing insurance videos on TikTok because you started to realize that TikTok from a couple of years ago, which we all think of as, okay, people doing silly dances on their break at work, that kind of thing. It's really evolved. There is a lot of financial content on there, side hustles and you know other ways to make money. And here's how you can do this and this and this, all the different ways that young people want to make money but they're never talking about insurance. So I was looking around and I'm just like, I don't see a lot of insurance on here. So I started doing these videos and it, it started to click. So, and we've had customers come from there. We've had people find us off of TikTok. You know, I'm getting calls and it's like, hey, where did you find us? And he said, I found you on TikTok. So that's been a weird surprise. And if you had talked to me in January when we were you know, first starting out, that was 100% not on my radar. Yeah. And I think you're being modest with TikToks. I, I really enjoy watching them. I think they're innovative and they're entertaining at the same time. And that really speaks to being an on-air TV personality. You have to be relatable and, and likable. And that's akin to being an insurance agent. I mean, you're dealing with people in the community and, and you, you have to be likable and relatable. I think while it sounds odd, the TikTok platform and those videos speak volumes for your ability to do that. I invite the audience to go check them out. Eric's TikToks are just fantastic. Anything about like, you know, your experience in business and being able to synthesize sort of complicated investment principles or data analytics that you have to break down into relatable terms? I mean, how do you do that with your clients or prospects, you know, and, and thinking about something as complicated as, risk management can be, you know, how do you make that digestible for, for your prospects? That's a good question because there's a lot of overlap. Let's say from being on CNBC, they give you whatever it is, a minute, two minutes, you know, it's certainly not a half an hour, right? It's something measured in a very small number of minutes or seconds 
to get across a complicated topic, not use jargon, and find somehow to make it relatable to the general public who is listening. So in that sense, the skills are similar because people don't want to hear about all the jargon that, that we all use in the industry. And I think the longer I'm in it, that actually becomes more of a challenge because I'm starting to use the jargon myself with people that I talk with. So I think that's the key thing for me is how can I use an English language normal word for some of these things? How can I just watch the language and how can I break down by priority? What's the most important thing first? And then the second most important thing, second, the third most important thing, third, and leave room for questions. Because I think what happens sometimes is people, what do they say, uh, empty their notebook, right? They just go on and on and on. And they give you every single possible situation and every single thing that they've written down and every single scenario. And okay, yeah, it'd be good to be complete, but I've only got a limited attention span of someone listening to me. So how do we get through, what do they say, uh, painting with a roller instead of a brush? Like how do we get the roller part done first and then we can deal with the corners later if you get the gist of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So you've given me a lot of, you know, sort of inside look as to why insurance and being able to draw on your experience to bring that to the insurance agency, you know, in our past conversations, when you and I have talked before, you've shared with me some pretty candid views on some, some challenges or some headwinds that you face as a scratch agency or a startup small business. And, what are you facing in terms of headwinds to get your agency in the right trajectory? Like, what are you seeing as a, as a newbie to the insurance industry as being the biggest challenges to getting your agency going? That's a good question. I mean, we don't have all day, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of different factors depending on what, what it is. I would say, you know, something early on we were getting was a lot of, a lot of difficult accounts, right? We were getting people that had just tricky scenarios, right? They've got complex structures, the types of businesses that, that carriers didn't want. So that pressure of, hey, I want to help these people. I want to make sure they're covered, right? Because I'm looking at their current coverage and it's not good. There's a lot of problems here. But that balance of, oh, but none of the carriers want it. So mm. what am I going to do, right? Like, I don't, I don't know how you got this current policy, but this current policy is not protecting you. And none of the carriers that I have access to want to touch this. So that's been a challenge. And then, you know, every carrier with every agency, I guess, is always looking for more production, right? It's like, oh, we need more. We need more. You did this much, do more. And it's like, yeah, well, I gave you all these. I gave you these accounts. You didn't want them. So, you know, finding that appetite balance has been tricky and everyone's appetite changes and the nuances for every single reason why a carrier will have a different appetite. That's been a challenge. And I know there's products, I know there's products that are out there to say, okay, just put it in the system and we'll tell you who's got what appetite for these types of risks. So figuring that out, the difference in carriers, their easeability, usability, right? Ease, ease of use. That's what I'm trying to say. So some systems are really easy to use. Some systems are really hard to use. Some questions that they ask that you just think, I'm pretty sure they don't need the answer to this. Because it can't matter because as the answer changes, the price doesn't change. But yet, you know, it's a required field and good luck moving forward unless you fill it out, right? And those sort of things that you see this wide spectrum of process and some are more difficult than others. And, and then you start wondering, okay, well, 
do we shift where the business goes depending on our own process, right? If all things are equal, let's say there's company A and B and they pay the same, their service is great, their claims is great, their coverage is great, whatever that is, but one of them is very difficult to deal with and the other one's easy. Like, is that the tiebreaker? Is that a good reason for that to be the tiebreaker? So it's those kind of questions, just navigating the challenges and realizing I could have, and I'm not saying I do, but they don't. I could have the greatest agency in the world and we can have all the technology and be super efficient and super modern and super everything. But at the end of the day, I'm selling a product that I don't control. So how much can I do and how much is worth pushing and forcing to make it the way I want it to be? If that all makes sense, Ken. Sure, absolutely. And I'm sure this isn't a big secret to you. You know, at this point, you probably recognize that you know, the insurance industry isn't necessarily on the bleeding edge of technological advancement, right? So there's a lot of antiquated workflows and not all systems talk to each other and, and whatever. So as a brand new agency where, you know, there isn't any kind of legacy issue for you and running your business, you know, it's tabula rasa in terms of right. your tech stack. So what do you find yourself investing in now technology-wise to help solve some of those problems? And is it just like sky's the limit? Let's just buy as much technology as we can? Or are you more focused on what, you know, what you're implementing based on the, the needs of your business? Yeah, it's not buy as much technology as we can. Maybe there were some thoughts of that earlier on, but then you start seeing, well, but they don't talk to each other and trying to set it up properly. And what are you missing along the way? And what's the point of the agency, right? The point of the agency is getting good clients who are good character people. So you have good loss ratios, good prices and good products to sell. That's fundamentally the goal. So if technology can help with that, that's good. But I think sometimes it's like, all right, well, we can get all this tech, but is this even really helping towards that goal or at what cost? of money and time and effort and stress and hassle, what cost is it in order to get to that goal? So we actually had some stuff that we actually paired back that was like, you know, we don't really need this or actually we have another software that can do a few of these things anyway. So I'd say right now I'm really working on efficiency for data entry, data collection. How do we do workflow automation? Can we automate certain emails in a flow depending on are they a lead? Are they a prospect? Are they an applicant? Are they an actual insured policyholder? Are they going to be up for renewal at some point? Did we get them through a BOR or did we write them fresh? So depending on what those statuses are, how much can we automate in terms of just simple check-ins, right? Simple follow-up, simple status updates so that it's not manual. Those are some of the current things. And a lot of it is well, it's not the double-edged sword of technology. It's sort of like, all right, here's the tech, you have it, but now me as a human being needs to go and actually put the logic in to do it right. Because I can't let a computer just go willy-nilly starting to do whatever in some system that hasn't been fully tested and vetted by me because I'm not exactly sure what it'll do. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I know a lot of agencies out there right now struggle with what their next step is in right. terms of investing in technology and, and that roadmap to being fully digital or as digital as, as possible. And there's a lot of stuff out there. And sometimes it's, it's hard to figure out 
what you should be investing in and how that's going to benefit your agency and make you more efficient or, you know, help you grow. And so I, I definitely hear that as, as being a challenge. And then really, you know, how they interface with the carriers, right? So as you were just pointing out, like this carrier's got this required field, you know, on their application form, even though it probably doesn't make a big difference, but like, so how do you homogenize that across all of those relationships and make that experience as painless, you know, as it can be for you and, and your staff, but then also for your prospects and your clients, right? I mean, ultimately, you're there to provide a service to your clients. And if you've got to turn around and ask them all these questions that are like not even relevant to the process, that's a poor experience across the board. So I definitely see that as, as being a challenge for you. So now that you've had sort of, you know, several months, I guess, you know, going on almost a year soon of starting your own scratch agency, if you had a magic wand, what would be the one thing that you would change in, in terms of the hurdles that you have to overcome? Oh, that's a good question. It's funny. I don't know if there's any one particular thing. It's all just been a really steep learning curve, but I, there's, there's not one. Yeah, that's a good, you stumped me with that one. There's not one particular one that stands out to me. So I don't know if that's, if that's a bad answer for you. No, we can, and I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. We can come back to it though. Yeah. So you came from this world of reporting on business and sort of from the outside looking in, if you will, like reporting on what other companies are doing, but now that you're in it, you know, and actually an entrepreneur running your own business, you're on the other side of that equation. Do you feel differently about, about business now having, you know, sort of been in the weeds versus, you know, being a reporter on it? Oh, hundred percent. Right. So obviously before I was a reporter, I was, you know, working as a trader. So that was still, you know, that was financial instruments and we were buying and selling stocks and commodities and futures and all that. But again, we weren't in those companies, right? So we, we researched them and they were just fundamentally a bottom line. How much money do they make? What's their profit margins? You know, on the investing side and then the reporting side, obviously. And you would talk to CEOs and you would talk to the high level people about their companies. And I have learned way more in the last six months. And let's say, you know, I started thinking about doing this a couple of years ago. And so in 2020, there was a lot of reading and research and and learning, but I've learned way more in the last six months than in all those years combined, because you actually have to do it. You have to make a decision. How are you going to spend that budget? How important is it for you to make these hard decisions? Which things do you just willingly know? We're not going to do this, even though we might be better for doing it, but it's not worth us doing it at this moment. How do you, how do you manage your time? How do you manage people? How do you manage all these relationships? Who are the clients that are worth really following up on? Who are the clients that are, you know, just, we don't, we just kind of let them slide a little bit because maybe they're not the right fit for us, right? So who's worth fighting for, who's not? And all of those decisions are taxing, right? How do you spend your individual time? How does each staffer spend their time? How do you deal with redundancies? How do you overlap people or keep them separate in terms of their skills? So all of that to have to do it and make those decisions has been an immense learning experience. I feel like I'm getting my MBA in real time. So instead of spending tuition money, it's like, well, every time you make a mistake, that was your tuition money. That was money out the door. But I think learning by doing has been much more valuable. And then I see with some of these agency owners, right? There's really good owners that I know. And they've just been doing this for a long time. Like 
you know, I've been doing this right out of high school. Like I didn't go to college. Like this is my life, my career, my profession. I'm maybe taking over from a, a relative's agency or, or, or whatever. And, and you see, and they know, they know so much and they're running their businesses so well. And it's not from a book, right? It's not from reading about it in the newspaper. It's from doing it. That's been the mind-blowing experience of these, of these last six months. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, so you're not going this completely alone, though. You made the decision to join an alliance. You're paired up with a couple of other agencies and, and you support each other. How, how did you come to that decision and how has that sort of helped your business along so far? Yeah, so we are a member of New Jersey Agents Alliance. It's about 20 agencies, independent agencies here across New Jersey. And we're blessed to be in there. We're, we're really fortunate. And I, I think they allowed us in, uh, given our very little track record. Generally speaking, this would be a very difficult alliance to get into. This is, I think of it more as like a family, right? They're small, they're really good. People want to help each other. It's not just a, a bottom dollar kind of thing. And I think given the potential of my background, maybe I think had some interest to them, this pivot to video that I could help with that I think did have some interest in being relatively younger. In the media world, I'm an old guy, right? 37 is old in TV, but in insurance, I like the young, I look around, I'm the youngest person around. So we've been blessed by that in terms of helping us navigate the traditional insurance challenges, right? So getting carrier appointments, dealing with reps, dealing with certain kinds of tricky markets, tricky risks. You know, Bob Maisie, who runs the Alliance, is, you know, is a real thought leader and a real, a real entrepreneur with a vision. So it's been fun to learn from him as a, you know, almost like a mentor. Like, All right, here's how he's put this together. And he himself put this alliance together 10 years ago from scratch. So that's been very helpful for us. Our original goal had been, let's just do this fully independent. Like we're going to be the pure independent. We're going to figure it out on our own. And pretty quickly, we're looking at this like, I'm not really sure how this is going to work all that well. It, it could work, but the ramp up may just take so long. And do we have sure. the patience for it? And so, look, my father-in-law, Dave Evans, you know him. He used to work at Trusted Choice at the Big Eye. And, you know, he's a big reason why we're doing this. And so, obviously, he knows, he knows a lot of agents. We had a meeting a couple of years ago when we first had this idea and it was in New Jersey and an agent came and, and we hit it off and he said, Hey, I'm part of this alliance. Let me talk to you about it. And we just had conversations over many, many months. It wasn't an immediate thing. So it's been good, but it's been good. And, and that's been my access to just learn from other agency owners, which coming from a different set of uh, you know, industry set, people don't help each other, right? Where I'm from. So I was so surprised in the first place. Like, why would another agency in New Jersey help me? Aren't we competitors? So that's always been my surprise, like my delightful surprise of the whole thing that people who are theoretically my competitors like, no, here's how I did it. Here's what you should do. Let me help you with this. Let me show you that. And that's been a real breath of fresh air. Yeah, that's awesome. And not all you know, alliances are, are created equal. There's a lot of nuances to how they operate and what you have to do to qualify and stay in and, and everything like that. But it sounds like you found the right, right partnership there. So I've got to ask, what are your goals for the next year for team in total? Like if you had to just kind of, you know, put the end zone out there, where is it? What's in between you and, and the end zone? I think it's doing better 
and doing more because we have business and I think we have good relationships with our clients and with our carriers. I think we have good relationships sort of within our office employee staff. I think it's a matter of, can we do more, you know, more things more efficiently? Can we, you know, when I just think about the email flow or like, did we follow up properly or can we be better in terms of our response time? Could we be a little quicker? Could we be a little more accurate or what, what exactly in our process, if it saves a touch point? So instead of having to do a follow-up, could we get that information earlier? Can we get more upfront rather than chasing them down later? That kind of stuff for me, because again, this goes back to me being a computer science engineer, right? This is all about what's the most efficient way of doing that work so that you're not repeating cycles, right? That's the whole thing with computers, right? Can we run the same program, but you don't waste any operations? More efficient. And I, I would say it's, I'm looking at it that way in terms of the agency as a, as a logistics operation. Yeah, no. And I think uh, if you don't mind, we may want to circle back a year from now and, and see how you're doing on those goals for sure. As we sort of wrap up, I've got to ask, do you have any words of advice or, you know, any kind of thoughts that you would share with anyone who's thinking about starting their own agency? That's a good question. I think, I think it depends on what, how they're coming from it, right? I think people that are taking over an agency, maybe they worked in insurance and, and they've had, you know, 5, 10, 20 years of the actual work. I'm trying to learn a lot of this as I go. So I'm hiring really good people who know it and I'm trying to stay out of their way. I just want to make sure it's set up for them to do it well. So it all depends on how people are getting there, right? We see someone who's a captive, they go independent, right? But at least they've been in the industry or people who've worked at an independent agency, they go start their own. For people who are starting scratch from the outside, I mean, I didn't just start it six months ago. Like I in 2019 first started working on this in terms of reading and learning. And I went and got, I don't know, five different designations because if I can't work on it yet, let me at least learn as much as possible and try to accelerate, accelerate that experience. So I would say fundamentally though, the one piece of advice is you got to surround yourself with really good people, right? That they know what they're doing. They are good with clients and they know their coverage and they know how to communicate and they're good working with you, right? So if you can find good people, which is, you know, hard to do in this economy, which I think is in a way the biggest challenge, because I don't think any one person on their own is going to be able to go that far unless they are Superman or they're willing to work, you know, hundred hours a week and they're capable of handling all these different departments, right? You want to do marketing, social media, technology, you know, sales, paperwork. If you want to do all of that and you're one person, then kudos to you. But I think surrounding yourself with great people is my most, I would say, obvious number one piece of advice. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, that holds true for any business, right? It's all about the people that make it happen. And I think that's sound words of advice there. So, well, thank you for your time today, Eric, and best of luck in the next six months of your team and total journey. Certainly planning on, on circling back and checking in with you along the way. And I want to invite the audience again to go check out Eric's TikToks. They are hilarious. Enjoy those. And thanks again, Eric, for your time today. Kevin, I really appreciate it. This is great. All right. Take care.